0: Worry is emerging for the Dallas Cowboys ahead of Sunday's game versus the L.A. Rams because Tyron Smith appeared on the injury report. Tonight, we'll break down whether Cowboys fans should be worried or not, what it could mean for the game. And yes, we break down the game and we have our prediction of the week. Here we go. (laughs) What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me as you join The show. Remember that every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans, and it is the single biggest thing that you can do to help out primetime. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday night, and that means it is a preview show for us here as the Dallas Cowboys gear up for week eight and the LA Rams. So I'll show you the script and I'll tell you what we'll talk about tonight. Tyron Smith apparently is hurt yet again. His name is once. Again, on the injury report with the neck issue, we'll talk about what that could mean for Sunday's game. And then we'll move on to discuss some of the key matchups of this game, some of the path to victory secrets. And towards the end of the show, we'll reach our game score prediction as well as our bet of the week. We are 5-1 this season betting Cowboys games with the sole rule of having that be a even payout at minus 110. So we'll get into that a little bit later on the show. But before we do any of that, though, let me say hi here very quickly. We've got Katharina on Facebook. We've got Blanca as well, Ines Toxic Tom says, Mo, this is exactly why I didn't want to bring Tyron back. He cannot stay healthy and isn't dependable. Man, it is upsetting. It is upsetting to see his name back in the injury report. Just last night, we were celebrating that there was but one name in the injury report, and that was Juan J. Thomas, who fully practiced ahead of the game on Sunday. And other than that, there was nowhere, uh, no one else to worry about. And then at Tyron, after a Thursday practice, I don't know if the Cowboys are going hard in these practices, but it's not the first Thursday injury that we hear of. Uh, We know about Tyler Viadish getting hurt on a Thursday. We know about Trayvon Dix's season-ending injury occurring in a one-on-one drill on a Thursday. So I don't know what the deal is in that sense. We know that Mike McCarthy will probably not make any major adjustment to the practice schedule. But maybe it's just luck. But it just feels like the Cowboys have gotten hurt quite often on Thursdays during the practice week. However, that being said, we still don't know what the game status is for Tyron. We probably won't know until Saturday because although the Cowboys practice on Fridays and although the quote-unquote final injury report comes out on Fridays, they usually hold a practice on Saturday and then that's where they decide what is going to be the personnel for Sunday. So it might take us a while to figure out this situation. Patrick Nosey Walker did tweet that it was a caution thing to have Tyron Smith be a limited participant on Thursday, but who knows what that means for his game status on Sunday. And as you know, him being available is a major deal for the Cowboys. doesn't matter who he's playing. Uh, the Cowboys have only played two games with a fully healthy Offensive line. So we kind of know that that is kind of something that the Cowboys have already gone through this year. But having Chuma and Daga play at left tackle this game, or you know, whatever their call is in that sense, which would probably be Chuma based on what we've seen, would be a major downgrade against the pass rush that is actually being quite decent in 2023. So, anyways, let me know in the chat what is one word to describe Tyron Smith being back on the injury report? Let me know. Uh, Catherine says, you yinxed it, Mo. And Toxic says, Mirage was the word that I said. It was true. Man, that is true. That is true for, for, for Toxic. Last night we did ask, what was the one word to describe the injury report? He did say Mirage. And now we are unfortunately seeing that be backed up. Uh, One word to describe Tyron Smith being back on the injury report. Let me know in the chat. I'm going with just upsetting or deflating could be the right word. And again, not fully pressing the panic button because he might play and we might forget about this by Sunday. But it's definitely one of those things where you're like, oh, not again. We we had cleared the offensive line injuries. We had seen the starting offensive line together in back-to-back games. Do not want to go back to that at all. And since it's a neck injury, I think it carries a little bit more of a concern aspect to it. Now, some of your words before we get into the actual matchup and what it could mean for the game. Toxic says predictable, same as Gregory. Katharina says ridiculous, and she uses maybe an emphasizing word before it with freaking ridiculous. Fragile for Guru. Gilbert says again. And then Blanca here with the... Big-time question by saying, does he really make a huge impact? I will say that I'm a firm believer, however we feel about Tyron's durability, I'm a firm believer that losing Tyron is a major drop-off for your offensive line. Because when he is healthy, he's actually playing at a very high level. Now, that being said, for this game specifically, does it mean trouble? I would say kind of. Uh, You're not facing a TJ Watt in this game. You're not facing a Nick Bozup or Khalil Mack. So it's not a game-changing injury, potentially. I don't think that it's that at all. But Byron Jung, the rookie for the Rams, is actually doing a pretty cool job in the trenches for the Rams. He is the second edge rusher with the most quarterback hits per pro Football focus through seven weeks of the season. So that alone tells you that he's doing something right. Now, as a unit, the Rams are really not that scary. But when you have a hole in your offensive line, he sure could become an issue. Now, other than that, he's the 13th edge rusher in the NFL with the most pressures. Also a pretty decent stat, I believe, especially for a defensive line that is not necessarily doing a whole lot be- beyond himself and another guy that we'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah, Byron Jung versus dog Doga could spell trouble, in my opinion, even if it's not a game-breaking type of trouble. Uh, hopefully though, Tyron is ready to go by Sunday and we get to see him face the rookie. He's played a little bit uh, everywhere, spends most of the time on the right side of the defense, so I would expect Byron Jung to try to exploit that hole if it comes to that. I will say though, one area that you could be concerned about is also the chemistry of the offensive line and the continuity of the offensive line. Because if there is one thing that we know about that Rams defensive front is they are aggressive. Maybe they're not among the league leaders in blitzes, but they do pull off a lot of stunts. They are actually seventh in the NFL in stunt rate and they generate an above average pressure rate. It isn't that they are out there being an absolute menace getting to the quarterback, but they are aggressive. And if you are not fully in sync, it might have become a little bit of an issue. If there is stunting on you all night long and there is not that communication between the left tackle and the left guard and the rest of the offensive line, uh, it's going to be a big game in that sense because the Rams do like to generate those five-man fronts, and then stunt on you. So it's going to be interesting to watch for sure. Is it a big-time concern? Is Dak Prescott in trouble? Man, it raises the difficulty of the game. But again, not a game-breaking aspect, in my opinion. And this is something that the Cowboys should be able to mitigate. Several ways. Uh, first and foremost, the offensive line is actually pretty uh, playing pretty good football, in my opinion. They're one of the best offensive lines in the league when healthy. And then you add to that the fact that the Cowboys are getting rid of the football pretty quickly. It's still a quick game in Dallas. Still one of the lowest intended area yards per pass attempt. Still one of the fastest time to throws in the NFL. So I would say the Cowboys are going to be able to handle it. But it's one area that if Tyron played, I wouldn't see the Rams having a defensive advantage in the trenches. Other than, and here's where it gets even more interesting, Aaron Donald. We know that Aaron Donald is going to do his thing. We know that even though it could be considered a down year, he's still a player that could break the game, wherever he lines up. Because we look at him in the, on the inside most of the time. However, if you have a backup in there, They're going to play him on the edge sometimes. Uh, Not every single rep, because you cannot really do that as good as Aaron Donald is, but they're not going to be afraid to put him on the edge and try to exploit that. Heck, even last year, when Tyler Smith was a rookie playing left tackle, Aaron Donald got some pressures off of him more than once because they were playing him on the edge. They were picking their spots to actually go ahead and do that. So could be... Somewhat of a concern. I don't think it's going to change the game a whole lot, but it shouldn't have even been in our minds is what I'm trying to say. Guru says, if Chuma can handle Matthew Judon, then we should be okay. Uh, Tyler Smith versus Aaron Donald, says Guru. That should be a fun matchup, man. Uh, Having Donald lining up against Tyler, who has been very good at left guard. like He has been one of the brightest spots in the entire season for the Cowboys. Peter Riso says, knowing that Tyron wouldn't play 17 games, they should have had a contingency plan, says Peter. And apparently, their contingency plan from last year, which was kicking Tyler Smith to the outside, is not their plan this year. Uh, So their plan seems to be just playing Chuma at left tackle. If it is, Uh, what needs to happen on Sunday. We'll see, though. Tyron, again, disclaimer, could still play. We don't know a lot about the injury, so I don't want to have, like, this super overreaction, but it is definitely a worry that now exists. Gregory says, Mo, at this point, I would tell Tyron, you will play unless you are in the hospital. Let's see here. Toxic says, or we just move Tyler Smith to left tackle for the rest of the season. I'm not sure. Man, I know, I know. I really, I still think that your best offensive line combination is Tyron Smith at left tackle and Tyler at left guard. So I'm good with them counting on that. Let's see what the injury is about. Let's see what the injury is about, and then we'll see. But I, I do want the the best version of this offensive line whenever it is available. Now, having said that, we can move on to even more matchups for this game, and in order to stay with the offensive theme for a little bit here right now, I'm going to say that where I see a major advantage for Dallas, as we watch the video, as we look at the stats, everything points to one key advantage on offense. And that is the Cowboys wide receivers versus the Rams cornerbacks, specifically C.D. Lamb. You know what C.D. Lamb is all about. I don't have to tell you anything about that. You know who C.D. is. You know that he is still the number one wide receiver of this team and a true number one wideout, even though he's had some moments where statistically he's not being targeted as much. He called for targets, got them versus the chargers. I still am very high on number 88. And I think that the numbers back it up. 81% completion rate when Dak Prescott targets him, one of the highest passer ratings in the entire NFL And he gets to face Kobe Durant, the nickel cornerback for the LA Rams, second year player out of the University of Cincinnati. And honestly, a cornerback that hasn't quite found his way in the NFL. He's actually allowed a 95.5 NFL passer rating when working from the slot, which is his main position. I just look at this matchup and 10 times out of 10, I'm picking CeeDee Lamb to win it. Now, it is the NFL. Kobe is likely going to get some help. And that help will come in the form of brackets. It will come in the form of bump and run situations, I would guess. But I just expect number 88 to really outclass Durant in this matchup. Uh, CeeDee surprisingly low in my opinion in yards per route run actually that's not yards per reception let me correct that that is yards excuse me yards after the catch per reception ah, yeah, actually that's right 13th in the nfl i think earning those yards after the catch is going to be key for cd lamb where he's is low is in yards per route run he's around 33rd in this area for pro football focus I wouldn't make a big deal out of it because I do think it's part of what the Cowboys are trying to do, just get rid of the football quickly and earn these quick gains, short gains. But it does seem like this is an opportunity where he could get much more than that. He could really be more of a downfield threat in this game, even if he's working from the slot. So we'll see if the Cowboys get those explosive plays with City who has been working outside pretty often as well and has been doing pretty well when working on the outside. So not sure where they're going to play City in this game, but I would guess most of the time he will be lined up in the slot to try to exploit that matchup as best as they can. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Let's see here. Uh, Guru says Rams Cooper Cup is going to be all over the place. Will City Lamp also be all over the place? That is one of the stories of this game. Now, with the Rams, though, with the Rams, and this is a perfect, perfect uh, segue into the next matchup. But before, I do want to say some more stuff, though, about Kobe. Excuse me. I'll get to that in a little bit. But I'm just gonna say, Rams as a coverage unit, and I know PFF grades are very controversial, but they're 31st in the NFL in coverage rates. Does it, is, is this a game where maybe we're not really fully realizing how much the Cowboys could exploit the Rams secondary? We'll find out, but I think it starts here with Durant. Now, I'll say this. Versus the Bengals, who are one of the best wide receiver units in the NFL, targeted eight times, allowed six catches. Versus San Francisco, he went something like 4 for 6 very, very good game for the 49ers in that sense. And then overall, we already talked about the passer rating that Kobe Durant has allowed. But just 29 catches in, nine, in, in 19 catches, excuse me, in 29 targets. That's a 50, 65 completion rate, excuse me. So I think that's the guy you're targeting, honestly, in this game. And it so happens to really fit into your best playmaker, which is C D Lamp. So... Excited about that matchup for sure. Now, talking a little bit more about the Cooper Cup matchup. And we had a more detailed conversation about it yesterday when we were looking at the numbers of Cooper Cup and Fuka versus man and zone coverage where they struggled most versus man and the Cowboys play the highest rate of man coverage in the NFL. This is also a game where you gotta accept this is one of the best duos of wide receivers in the NFL. And Bland and Gilmore are one of the best duos of cornerbacks in the NFL, even if it's not talked about as much as the wide receivers are talked about. Something's gotta give, but you also have to approach this game, in my opinion, with the open mind of knowing it's gonna be a very heated battle. Like the Rams are gonna have their moments with these two wide receivers. And the Cowboys are going to have their moments in coverage. And of course, they're going to be helped out by a top tier pass rush, which should be winning its battles versus the Rams' offensive line. More on that later, too. But I'm going to say what the defensive backs, were where the key really is to me, is not in shutting down Cup and Puka. I'm not, I don't want the Cowboys. I mean, obviously, I want them to shut them down. But objectively, it would be very tough unless it is the pass rush doing its thing. What the Cowboys need to avoid and what it is very realistic to achieve is avoiding the explosive throws from Matthew Stafford to his receivers. Here's what I mean. The Rams are second in the NFL in passes over 20 yards in terms of total gain, not necessarily... The ball traveling in the air. But the Rams get these plays and it happens through yards after the catch. Cooper Cup is still one of the best in the NFL at it. Puka can be targeted downfield and he can win contested catches. He can win over the middle of the field. He can win near the sideline. So if you're allowing them to get catches and get touches, you can survive for sure this game. But where it could get very complicated is if you're allowing the Rams to to put together these big time plays. And I'm going to go a step further. If you look at EPA per play and you look at the passing offense of the Rams, they are the 12th most efficient unit in the NFL in EPA per play. EPA takes into account the weight of a play. So if it's a turnover, it will really punish you. If it's a 60 yard pass, it will really benefit you, numerically speaking. Success rate just takes into account whether it was a good play or a bad play. Success rate-wise, the Rams are 21st in the league. So that means where the Rams or what the Rams need to be successful is the explosives. If you take that away from them, they will struggle. That's why they're 12th in EPA and then 21st in success rate. That's where that difference comes from. The Rams need the explosive plays to be in this game. That's where the key is going to be, in my opinion, Secondary-wise for Dallas. That's what we got to see from Gilmore and from Bland and even from Jordan Lewis, who obviously is going to have his hands full working the slot. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, here in the chat. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, to you, let me know who is the player that is the key to win this football game. Let me know in the chat. We've talked about several already. But let me know who is your player that you are looking at to win this ball game. Let's see here. Toxic says, I once had a fantasy team with Turt Gurley and Cooper Cup and the team... <laughs> oh, man. I-, I wish I hadn't... St- I hadn't started re- reading that comment. Toxic, come on. <laughs> Damn. Cowboys24 says, Guru, Ram 17. Gregory says, 31-17. You're already dropping scores in the chat. I love it. But let me know in the chat who is the player that you're looking at to win the ball game. In my opinion, Bland, Gilmore are high on that list. Are high on that list. But they're not the guy. We'll get into the guy in a little bit here. Williams says Pollard is going to get ger- uh, great yards per carry. Katharina says Lamp, and Micah Parsons. Toxic says Dak Prescott. You got to love that answer because, man, I want Dak Prescott to go off. Versus this secondary. I think that he can do it. And I think there will be a lot of situations. Where he's going to have to fight the blitz. And be successful against the blitz. And I like the odds for Dak Prescott. In that sense. Now my key to the game. My player. The one guy that I would pick. For this conversation. Is honestly Micah Parsons. Man. This tackle. This left tackle for the Rams. Alaric Jackson. Allowed the highest pressure rate in the NFL in week seven. You know who he was facing? Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt. You look at the game, and I like the Cowboys odds versus these two tackles, specifically versus Jackson over on the left side. I really like their chances. Uh, He struggled, man, and he struggled with speed specifically, and he struggled with counter moves. And you know that Micah's inside move is unparalleled in the NFL. There's been countless breakdowns about how he gets into it with the inverse foot being on the inside, and then he can really break inside in the second step or the fourth step instead of the third and the fifth. So he's got a change-up for left tackles that I'm not sure Jackson is going to survive. Now, you think back to that 2022 game, and we saw the Cowboys take over that ball game because Matthew Stafford just did not get any sort of help from his offense. I love what Stafford has been doing this season, I will be honest. And I love what Matt, uh, Sean McBay has been doing too, what Puka has been doing. I think this is one of those games where the offensive line could really fail the Rams though. And if it comes to that, the Cowboys can just walk away with it, right? But in order to really tap into that pass rush power, you know that you need that lead because you know that the Rams can also run the football on you better than they could throw the football because of your pass rush. So this could be a close game, in my opinion, or it could be an absolute blowout by the Cowboys if it gets to the point where they're up two possessions and then the Rams' offensive line maybe collapses. I think that those are the two options. It's either a tight game that goes down to the wire or it's a Cowboys' blowout because of the offensive line for the Rams. Brett says that will get two touchdowns. Williams says Parsons is going to get three sacks. Gilbert says Derrick Henry. Maybe Gilbert wants a trade for Derrick Henry. I'm not sure about that one. I know that It sounds like Henry's going to be traded. There's a lot of buzz going around. Uh, ADC Sports, Nashville on the YouTube page, they've they've had a lot of content and a lot of conversations about Henry. Buck Rising had an article on the most likely trade partner for Henry, and uh, it was the Ravens in the article. So we'll see what happens over the next few days. But Henry definitely seems like he'll be on the move. I wouldn't count on him if I was a Cowboy fan. So again... Micah, in my opinion, the key to the game in that sense, uh, he can really exploit that weakness. I'll say this though, the center is also an issue for the Rams and he's actually the fifth most responsible center in the NFL for his team's pressure. So most of the pressures that the Rams allow are the responsibility of the center and of the offensive, of the left tackle. So Micah, Osa, these are the guys that could really break the game for for the Rams. And of course, Lawrence and contributions from Dante Fowler and Armstrong. This is a game where everyone can join the party, in my opinion. Let's see here, ladies and gentlemen. Just to end the show, it is time for our predictions and for betting the Cowboys, which was tough. It was tough, man. The Cowboys are favored by six points. The over-under, it's at 45 and a half. I hate picking those sort of numbers. I hate picking minus six or plus six. And I hate picking over-under 45. Those are maybe some of the toughest numbers that you can find in NFL betting. But I have my bet locked in and ready to go. Let's see here. We've got a couple of questions on the trade deadline though. Before we get to the prediction, in the meantime, drop your scoreboards in the chat. I want to see your predictions for uh, sunday's game it is the noon game so we know that cowboys can do some wild stuff in noon games uh hopefully we don't see a whole lot of uh curtain conversations by the time the game is over hopefully we don't see a slow start from dallas because it is a noon game it is also a post bye week game and mike mccarthy has been usually very successful in those he's 11 to 5 In those and uh, four of those five defeats have been on the road. The Cowboys played this one at home, so numbers would suggest the Cowboys are winning it. Uh, Here's how I see this one playing out. I think the Rams hang around, man. I think the Rams are actually underrated this season. From the moment that the season began, I actually had an article on ADC Sports with several several future bets. And one of my strongest ones was over of wins for the L.A. Rams. They are delivering it. And, and I think that part of it has to do with their offense being relatively back. I think that Sean McVay is doing an excellent job with his wide receivers. I think Matthew Stafford is playing at a very high level. Again, I do think the issue is going to be that offensive line for L.A., so I can definitely see the script where this one gets out of the Cowboys' hands or out of the Rams' hands, excuse me, and it becomes a blowout. But overall, it's been a tough team. They've hung around the 49ers. They should have been in the Steelers, in my opinion. I'm not really taking away too much out of them, losing to Pittsburgh, because I think it was a closer game than many people think, and the Rams could have had it. However, I'm going with Cowboys. I think they win this one. Betting the Cowboys, man. Betting the Cowboys was tough. And as always, you know who I'm rooting for. Betting the Cowboys, the one rule is we need to win that bet. And it has to be a minus 110 bet. I'm taking the points this week. I'm going with Rams plus six. I think the Cowboys win. I think they they win this one. But again, I do think the Rams will hang around. So I'm looking for a one-possession game here. I want the Cowboys to win. But this is the objective part of the show. Got to take the points. Plus six. We're five and 5-1 for the season. We were 13-4 and four in 2022. So I hope that the roll does not continue. Because I would much rather see the Cowboys blow the Rams out. I would rather see that. Uh, however, that is the bet. Rams plus six. Give me a 27-24 scoreboard. Big storyline in this one is going to be the Rams being aggressive because they cut Brett Maher after he left seven points on the field last weekend. So there could be certain fourth and down situations where the Rams are more aggressive than usual because as cool as Sean McVay is, he's not one of the most aggressive decision makers when it comes to fourth down and everything he might be more aggressive this time around where they don't even know who's going to be kicking for them on Sunday necessarily. So I'm going to go with that uh, for now. Ladies and gentlemen, let's see some of your predictions though. Gregory, who has been a member of the channel for 10 months now, Dallas 31, Ram 17. Gregory, thank you for the support as always. Talk success. Our good teams get the W and great teams cover the spread. His prediction 28 to 24. Mary Cole, 21 35, Dallas. Ines is 35 17, Dallas. Boom. 38 to 24 for Tiny. Gilbert says 28 for 14. David says 24 21 Dallas. 28 21 Cowboys says Katharina. So a lot of support for the Cowboys this week. Uh, much more support than when the Cowboys were off the loss versus the San Francisco 49ers. So we had a lot of comments taking the Chargers back in week seven. Not this time. Not this time. People are riding with the Cowboys. But from what I see, most people are taking the Cowboys in the betting world as well. Because I see a lot of very favorable scores in the chat for Dallas. I'm keeping the points for this one. Hate to bet against the Cowboys. And I'm not actually doing it. It's just for the show. I'm not taking the Rams at all in my personal actual bets that I place uh, because I would never do that. I rarely take the Cowboys (laughs) because I don't like taking the Cowboys either. I don't want to be thinking about no point spread or anything. I I just want to see them win and just worry about getting the win, right? That's just superstition maybe, but yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on Primetime. It is Thursday night. That means we are off for the weekend, and I will see you on Sunday. Cowboys have a noon game, so I'll see you on Sunday night, 8 p.m. Central. As always, you'll also get the game day show with Skywalker Steel and Jesse Holly. so make sure you tune in on Sunday. And ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic weekend. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.